at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Justin, your host. Uh, joined b- with me is, uh, is Greg, doing our DFS uh, lineups for this week. Our show is brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines and VoxDFS.com. We're going to be doing some news and notes today as well as getting into uh, obviously doing our DFS segment. And we're going to do a little bit of head-to-head matchups in some of the games this week and doing some starts and sits. And so we're going to get right into it, getting into the news and notes. James Starks did not practice today, uh, which looks good for Ty Montgomery owners. As, uh, as Mike McCarthy said, that Ty Montgomery is a running back. He's been in the running back meetings for quite a while. Uh, does this solidify, in your opinion, Greg, that Ty Montgomery is the starting running back moving forward, even with Starks kind of banged up but still somewhat healthy? For what limited time there is left in the fantasy football season, you know, entering the playoffs, I mean, if you're going to play a running back for Green Bay, it's going to have to be Montgomery at this point. Starks might have actual value to Green Bay in the playoffs, but not fantasy value to owners at this point. Uh, you're not worried about Kristen Michael picking up 10 carries in the last game against Seattle? I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that, no. I, I think Montgomery has, has more than shown himself to be the most consistent option that they've had since Lacey went down. Okay, moving on. Michael Crabtree practiced through his finger injury today. It should be a go against the depleted San Diego defense this week. Michael Thomas was limited in practice today, uh, but also should be a go for Sunday's game against Arizona. Uh, does Michael Thomas back on the field help Breeze, or is Breeze kind of in kind of the, uh, the tin cup yips right now? I don't know what's happened with Breeze, um, you know, here in these last couple of games. I mean, I have him on my fantasy team, and obviously he's been – you know, largely great all year, and I've been a big, you know, supporter of his, but the last two games have been duds. I mean, I think he should play a little bit better, um, you know, this week, uh, but I don't necessarily think it's a great matchup uh, for New Orleans. I think they're playing pretty poorly. I think Arizona, as bad as they've been playing, um, they do want to try to end this season on some kind of positive note, um, you know, at home, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know that uh, that Breeze would be the favorite I would usually have him as, you know, week to week. Okay, so so are you, uh, since you have him on your roster, are you looking to go with Breeze or are you looking for someone off the waiver wire to possibly fill in for this game since it, it's kind of do or die time at this point? Uh, for me, I mean, I really, I mean, if you, if you have him, you know, on your regular fantasy team, I mean, I think it's, you know, ultimately hard to realistically find a replacement. You either have that guy or or you don't. Um, I, I personally, you know, since I'm in, in dead last in, in my league, I mean, there's really no point in me even adjusting my roster uh, this week when it comes to the 
when it comes to the quarterback position. And I, I mean, who are you going to realistically get, you know, this yeah. week, what waiver wire that, you know, has, you know, more potential at least than Breeze does. I mean, you have to go with the potential, but you know, if you're counting on him to win you games, I mean, last couple of weeks you have to be a little bit nervous. Uh, Arizona has released Michael Floyd after his DUI arrest yesterday. Uh, Bad news for him, but does this mean more for J.J. Nelson owners or Jermaine Gresham owners for this next game against the Saints? I'd say it's more for J.J. Nelson. I mean, Jermaine Gresham is is the guy for them when it comes to, you know, moving the chains and, and maybe, you know, in PPR leagues he, he has some value. But when it comes to, again, upside potential, Nelson's got to be the, the better play of the two. He's not going to get nearly as many targets, I don't think. But, you know any one of those targets to be worth more than what Gresham gives you all game long. Yeah, especially in standard, he's going to be getting the yards. I believe this last week, um, J.J. Nelson had two touches and still was the number three receiver in all of fantasy because both of his touches were touchdowns. Uh, and so Matt Forte will likely be a game-time decision against the Dolphins, even though he has a torn meniscus in his knee. Greg, do you believe that Matt Forte is even going to play? Um, I wouldn't put it beyond the Jets to do something stupid. <laughs> if we take that cynicism aside, I don't think he's going to play. Um, and if he does, he, he's not going to be that productive. Uh, you need a better option at running back than, than four tables. Yeah, hopefully you were able to, to get Bilal Powell and stash him as the handcuff. Uh, early in the season, we talked, me and Ryan talked about how Bilal Powell could have been a breakout player of the year um, and someone to hold on to when, not if, Matt Forte got injured. Um, it just it didn't happen until week 14. Uh, and so Mike McCarthy, moving on to the Packers, Mike McCarthy says that Aaron Rodgers would not practice today and likely would not practice tomorrow, but says there's, quote-unquote, a plan. Um, Green Bay needs Rodgers to play if they're going to make a playoff run. Um, do you see him at any chance not playing against Chicago, um, or do you feel that it's it's pretty safe to say that he would be the starter? I mean, you, I can't see how he possibly misses that game. I mean, that game has so much significance for them, for the Packers, for the playoff run that you, you talk about, and then just the nature of the rivalry and the fact that, you know, Rodgers probably doesn't feel like he needs two legs to beat the Bears. So he didn't need two to beat Seattle. <laughs> that's that's true. That is true. Uh, CJ Fedorowicz did not practice today in this considered day today. Bill O'Brien said that he's pretty banged up from all the snaps that he's played this year. Um, I know that me and Ryan have ranted and raved about CJ Fedorowicz and going and picking him up. This is the week where I will tell you that you need a backup plan or you need to go to whoever your first plan was if C.J. Fedorowicz was your backup plan. Um, concussions can be fickle things, and I, I need in the playoffs, you need solid points. You need high ceilings, solid points, and C.J. Fedorowicz, I don't think he's going to give that to you, especially in uh, – I know we talked about this a little bit uh, off the air, a, a kind of a pooper of a game this week uh, in Houston versus Jacksonville. Um, but moving on to brighter news, A.J. Green did practice today for the first time since his leg injury, which is insanely good news. Um, like we said on Monday, for those A.J. Green owners um, that now have their dynamic receiver back, 
Do you see much production coming from A.J. Green? Obviously, he's a dynamic receiver, but going up against a Steelers defense, what's kind of your uh, your viewpoint on how A.J. Green could play this week? Uh, well, I mean, I think owners have to be happy that he comes back, but when you're coming back off of you know a layoff, you have to be a little bit concerned about what that production you know could be. It, it could be great, right? Just comes right out of the gates and – phenomenal job otherwise you can have one of these you know kind of warm-up games for a team that really doesn't have anything to play with or to play for rather uh you know in, in Cincinnati so uh, I wouldn't look for one of his, his best games uh but you know I would look to you know a five to six reception game you know maybe maybe you can get a hundred yards if, if you're lucky in a score but I think that would be a really good game for his first game back uh, Andrew Luck did not practice today with a shoulder and elbow injury, but really when we're looking at it, uh, I don't think there's a single muscle on Andrew Luck's body that is not in a, a world of hurt right now just because he just can't get any protection from his line. Um, do you think Andrew Luck's in any danger of not playing this week? Uh, he did just come back from a concussion issue over the last couple of weeks. Do you think that there's any risk of him not playing this week? There might be some risk of him not playing, but I do think that he will play. He's just coming back, you know, against a not very favorable matchup, obviously, with, you know, with Minnesota. So I wouldn't expect much out of him if he does play on the road there. Uh, Melvin Gordon is, is not expected to play this week against the Raiders, but there is a chance that he still plays this season, according to reports. I think this is a lot like the Jets situation where Melvin Gordon has been an insane improvement over last year. He's been a very solid running back. And I just don't see why you would play him in a situation where you're out of the playoffs and could potentially have long-term problems. Um, With him not playing this week, do you think he plays next week, win or lose, um, after this game? Again, we're talking about a franchise that can do stupid things. Uh, so I don't think that, um, you know, Gordon should be looked at as a, as a lock for any kind of production. I think he's a real high-risk play if you're a fantasy owner and you are starting him for those reasons that if they are smart, they're going to rest him, you know, at this point. There's absolutely no reason to put excess miles on the legs of a running back in games that don't matter. This, these games have no more value than the preseason. And arguably, the better you do, the worse off you are. I mean, you're not making the playoffs – we're going to have a better draft pick. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Sanu was back on the practice field today. Greg, do you believe that this has any effect on Taylor Gabriel's production going into San Francisco this week? Uh, I, I think it, it could certainly cut in there. Um, you know, Sanu was certainly looking like a, a strong option for Atlanta earlier in the season. So I think, um, you know, you have to expect some kind of some kind of drop off there, you know, whether or not it's going to be huge, you know, tough to say, I mean, San Francisco is a whipping post. So, you know, there, there's plenty of balls to go around, plenty of points to be scored from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to Julio Jones here next, but I think that uh, with the amount of points that they're probably going to be scoring, Julio Jones might not even be playing in the second half. So I think Taylor Gabriel will stay in and be that player who played the full game like he did this last week. Um, as the as the lead receiver uh, for both halves with this last week having Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones back or, or out, uh, Julio Jones was held out of practice 
today, and apparently he's dealing with a toe sprain and not turf toe, which is uh, less painful, and we could see him in action this week. Uh, like I was saying, the only thing I see that could limit his production should he play is the fact they should be up by 28 points at halftime, and he probably won't even play in the second half against San Francisco. Um, do you have any additional thoughts? No, I think those are fair points. That those those are all absolutely possible outcomes for you know starters to be getting rest time in the second half. Uh, Adrian Peterson returned to practice. But please, for the love of God, don't even think about starting him. <laughs> I literally got asked by three people uh, what my thoughts were on this. And uh, the third one, I rolled my eyes and walked away, and I didn't even give a, a vocal response. Um, this is another situation where this is just plain dumb for Adrian Peterson to even fathom at this point. If they can't get into the playoffs without him, they should lick their wounds, get a better draft pick, and move on to the next year. Um, they have made vast improvements with Bradford at quarterback, but literally there is no one to run the ball. And Adrian Peterson did not give production at the beginning of the year when he was healthy. He's not going to do anything with a even more banged up offensive line now late in the year coming off of a massive knee injury. Um, and so, and then our, our last bit of news and kind of pointless kicker news, Mike Nugent was released from Cincinnati today. And Randy Bullock is now the Bengals kicker. We don't really cover kickers that often, but uh, I do know people were asking about kicker news um, in trying to figure out who they should play this week in a kicker considering it is playoff time. And so are there any other major points that you want to talk about in the news and notes section there, Greg? Nothing that really uh, caught my eye. I mean, I think really the, the kicker news is the cherry on top of the report for the week. <laughs> okay we'll move into our dfs segment uh greg why don't you take us away from here all right so uh on the dfs side uh this week you know as i was going through things um you know i was i was really struggling i think we're gonna get into some of these matchups uh later with the head-to-head -head and, and who do you like i think if you're going and you're wanting to spend big dollars this week, you, you go with Matt Ryan uh, yeah, at $40 at the top of the chain. I think he's, you know, for, for $3 more than Aaron Rodgers, given the, you know, injury issues, you know, probably lousy weather in Chicago, theoretically a low scoring game. You know, you spend the extra three bucks on Matt Ryan versus, versus Rodgers. But for me, I actually am going out on a limb um, and just trying to save a few bucks. And I went with Derek, Dak Prescott at home. Um, $33 uh, in Yahoo and in, in DFS. Tampa Bay is a middle-of-the-pack team when it comes to uh, pass defense, but they've given up their share of, of touchdowns uh, through the air. And, and certainly in the last two weeks, Dallas's offense has caught some criticism. There were like those stupid comments this week about, you know, should you bring back, you know, Tony Romo, which is just – I think the most absurd statement I've, I've ever heard. I mean, the guy certainly wants to get you know, move on. He can be the Bears quarterback next year for a couple of games when he injures his back. He doesn't need to do it for a second time this season in Dallas when Prescott's obviously the guy who got you here. So I like Prescott for $33, uh, you know, this week at, at quarterback. Uh, in the backfield uh, this week, I think you have to go with, uh, with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, last week, obviously, he was he was fantastic. Uh, usually, I'm a big David Johnson fan. He's at forty two dollars. 
uh, at home uh, against New Orleans, which is, is not a very good defense, obviously. So, I mean, I think that he's ultimately uh, potentially a decent play. However, Arizona has absolutely nothing to play for. David Johnson really, just like we were talking about with Melvin Gordon, he doesn't need to have this excess wear and tear on his body. You don't need to risk a late season injury that can hurt you next season, uh, which would just be the, you know, the topper for a lousy season for the Cardinals. So if Arians displays half a brain, Johnson doesn't play that much anyway. Uh, Bell has a lot more to play for. I think he's got a favorable matchup uh, against Cincinnati for the money. Uh, and along those lines, saving some money, dropping down into the $27 range. Uh, I'm going to keep riding the Jordan Howard bus as the absolutely only thing Chicago has on offense. And I think this week he could put up some pretty decent points uh, against Green Bay in their somewhat suspect defense. On the uh, wide receiver side, uh, here I came in, and uh, I'm playing that game again. This time I am going with uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, relative value in the wide receiver category at $23. Uh, you know, for the high dollars, I mean, I, I don't really know that, I mean, Mike Evans at, at $38 is necessarily worth it. And in this game, I certainly didn't like Jordy Nelson at 34 over 23 for, for Devontae Adams. I just don't think that the production is justified there. Um, you know, if you're still looking to spend – uh, some high dollars, uh, and we're going to get into this game a little bit later. The Odell Beckham Jr. looks like he could be a decent play. The weather is going to be a question mark uh, in New York. Uh, so, you know, questionable how much you want to put on, on the passing game there. Uh, but they are expecting rain uh, in New York, and we know how that can complicate games for certainly the passing game. Uh, so I had Devontae Adams at 23. Uh, I like – here, I like Julian Edelman um, at $19, uh, New England against Denver uh, on the road. I, I don't think this is normally Brady's uh, best game, uh, but I think when you're looking at Gronkowski being out the rest of the year, uh, this is a pass-happy team. Obviously, they, they have been forever and a day. You know, where are those balls going to go? Uh, I think you have to really start looking even more at some of these wide receivers because there's fewer options perhaps to be distributed about. And I actually ended up picking up the whole lot of these guys this week. So I ended up taking Edelman for $19 at the wide receiver. And I also took Martellus Bennett for obvious reasons uh, at the tight end. And I paired that with Chris Hogan in the flex. So I couldn't go more overboard uh, with the options uh, for Tom Brady this week. They're all relatively decent values, uh, all under $20. Uh, and, you know, I went real heavy cost-wise uh, with running backs and with Dak Prescott this week. So I was looking for some, some values where, especially in PPR leagues, uh, these guys can, can get you some points this week. Outside of that, uh, I thought Kellen Benjamin was a great deep value this week at $18. Uh, Washington is not um, necessarily a, a great pass defense here. And I think for $18, you could do a heck of a lot worse than the potential that Kelvin Benjamin uh, brings into, into a different game. Washington's 24th overall against the pass. They have given up 18 touchdowns. So they're guaranteed to give up at least a score uh, this week. And, and why not Kelvin Benjamin? And then lastly, uh, if I'm looking at defenses, uh, I am going over with, you know, what has been a running theme which is anybody who plays either against Blake Bortles or, in this case, I think Brock Osweiler. So I actually took Jacksonville's defense on the road against Houston for $12. Again, not a lot of money, 
uh, left over for me when I get through uh, my lineups. I'm always going to spend it someplace besides defense. Uh, but Houston is just – their offense is absolutely appalling. Uh, and Brock Osweiler is, is just dreadful. I mean, just an absolutely horrendous season uh, following in the footsteps of so many of these signings that the Texans have made trying to fit the quarterback slot in there. Matt Schaub being the, the best of them, and that one wasn't even very good. And now you're all the way down here at Osweiler, who's absolutely terrible, who's turned you know DeAndre Hopkins into a shell of his former self. The guy's going to need extensive therapy in the offseason mentally to get past this, to even remember what it's like to be a relevant player in the NFL come next season. Um, I mean, the guy's got cobwebs on him because – Simply put, Osweiler did nothing but throw the ball, you know, two yards down the field to C.J. Fedorowicz all season long. Uh, so that's my lineup for the week. Again, heavier at the top, looking for values, you know, in the wide receiver, uh, you know, in the wide receiver ranks this week. And just sticking with, you know, the receivers where you have a good value playing with a good quarterback is going to be your best option for at least consistency, I think, this week going into, uh, you know, into the playoffs. All right, we're going to get into our head-to-head matchups uh, here for this week, starting with the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. This matchup uh, faces two of the top wide receivers in the league in Mike Evans and Des Bryant. Who do you like uh, to score more points this week, uh, Evans or Bryant? That's it's a bit of a push. Uh, Dallas's pass defense is is – you know, weaker relative, I think, to Tampa Bay. They've given up more yards. They give up more passing touchdowns at this point. And quarterback rating is, is you know, significantly higher, uh, you know, versus Dallas. So I think um, this is going to be a game where there's going to be some points scored. Uh, and so I think I would go with, with Evans at this point. Uh, yeah, for me, I gotta go. I, I gotta go with Evans on the sole fact that uh, he's the number two wide receiver in standard leagues. Um, he's really only had two somewhat bad last two weeks against San, San Diego and New Orleans, um, but I like him to bounce back against Dallas. Um, Des Bryant, even when healthy, has been a massive inconsistency, um, and uh, I mean, just look at last week. He finally got a catch and then fumbled the ball away. And so, once again, Des Bryant's also the head case, and so I just like the consistency and the level-headedness of Evans this week against the Cowboys rather than Bryant against the Buccaneers. Uh, And so we're also going to stick with this one. Um, Obviously, there's no competition at the running back position. Ezekiel Elliott is the man. Um, But do you see Elliott to continue to struggle – this week against Tampa Bay like he did last week against New York. New York obviously playing really well over the last couple of weeks on defense, but do you see Elliott getting 100 yards or even a score this week? Um, I, I think I think actually, yeah, Elliott uh, is, is undervalued at this point. You know, or expectations are, are too low, let's put it that way, uh, for Elliott coming in this week. So Tampa Bay is a bottom half uh, you know, run defense. They have been playing better, but uh, you know, overall, I mean, the Giants are a much better rushing – a bench fair defense overall. They're a better run defense, um, and that game was on the road. And the Giants obviously know how to play uh, against Dallas. They've had their number, uh, you know, so far this season. So I think uh, Elliott bounces back. Uh, if he doesn't, 
that could be a little bit more concerning for the Cowboys themselves as they go on. Is, is he a little gassed on the season? Yeah, I like Elliott to get – 100 yards. He's only failed to score a hundred point or to 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 score a touchdown or get a hundred yards twice this year, uh, and that's Philadelphia where he ran for 96 and didn't score a touchdown, uh, and then the other one was Baltimore and didn't score a touchdown, but he ran for 97. So he's getting yards or a touchdown. He's too vital to the offense of. Of, uh, of Dallas, so I still like him this week to be a big monster. If you play him, or if you have him, you obviously have to play him. I wouldn't get too worried about the uh, the Tampa Bay defense. So moving on, the Patriots and the Broncos. Um, obviously, you're going to start Tom Brady, even though the, the, the Denver defense is very, very good uh, at the corner position. But which wide receiver core do you like more in this game that of uh, of the Patriots or that of the Broncos? I absolutely take the Patriots. And it's just because, I mean, the difference in, in quarterback play is, I mean, it's not even worthy of a discussion. Um, you know, Simeon should actually offer to carry Brady's stuff into the into the stadium for him, um, you know, and, and welcome him personally to, to Denver. Uh, so I think you just have to go with, with Brady at this point. I mean, he just, he's had a phenomenal season since coming back. Uh, Denver's defense, yeah, he's, he's facing some pressure. They're a tough defense. He doesn't usually play very well, um, I don't think, in Denver. And, but uh, I, I think that this week uh, he does he does look good. I think he's going to put a better game than maybe he historically has that we, we were watching or at least accustomed to seeing him against uh, Peyton Manning over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. I like – I like Thomas and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, basically, those are the only two names that I really like uh, from the Broncos. But the last two games that Trevor Simeon has thrown, he's thrown for over 330 yards, three touchdowns against Kansas City two weeks ago. Did not play last week, but then a touchdown last week against Tennessee. They're throwing the ball more on the sole fact that they have not been able to to run the ball, obviously with the addition of Forsett. There was a little bit more running game out of four set than there was Booker, and we'll get to that one in just a second. But I actually like Emmanuel Sanders probably the best in this game. Uh, I don't see Hogan doing what he did last week. I don't see Malcolm Mitchell continuing to do what he's done over the last couple of weeks. Um, Amendola's hurt. Edelman's still getting the targets. But I like the the pairing of the two receivers in Denver – um, more than the, the the kind of committee there in uh, in New England. I also think that you're going to get more out of James White this week uh, from the running back perspective, so he will get more in the receiving game, but he's a running back, not a wide receiver. And so uh, the other question I wanted to get to is Forsett did come into the game last week and took over for Booker as a starting running back, uh, even though he fumbled on his first carry back. Do you believe that he's startable this week, or do you just think there's not enough looks for him to be able to play? I can't possibly see there being enough looks for that to be to be relevant. I mean, you just have to say, to yourself, I mean, as a fantasy owner, you know, what is what are your options when you're looking at Justin Forsett to to possibly be, you know, what your entire week, you know, rides on? You have to at this point in the season be trying to, you know, eliminate the head cases. 
uh, and then eliminate any kind of you know variables where you have either the nothing to play for guy uh, or you know just how many looks are you actually going to get? And I think Forsett falls into that category. How many looks are you going to get? And you know ultimately this is Bill Belichick's attempt or, or, or chance to tee off on the guy in his his first year as a starting quarterback. Um, you know in, in Trevor Simeon. So I think I think Denver is going to have a, a tough day uh, the way I see this game. Yeah, uh, the only reason I brought it up is is Booker has has gotten worse and worse over the progressing weeks, and Forsett came in and, and replaced him right away. Um, Forsett's back with uh, the coach that really got him his best year, um, and there were people that had Booker that really helped them get to their playoffs. And so I wanted to throw that question out because there have been people who thought that Forsett could get some of that production. Obviously, last week, uh, Booker only had three touches, but he did get the one touchdown for the one yard that he had. Um, and so moving on to the Detroit Lions versus the New York Giants game, both teams have played really, really well on defense as of late. Which quarterback do you like in this matchup, Stafford with his finger injury or Manning? That Stafford finger injury uh, is pretty concerning uh, to me. I know it's, it's being downplayed a little bit right here. Uh, but even not, I think these guys are a relative push going into, into the game with a slight edge to Stafford on the season for the way he's played, fewer turnovers. Uh, but I think this week at home, injuries considered, you probably have to lean towards Eli Manning. Yeah, I like Eli in this game just because he's completely healthy. He is the erratic Eli Manning. But we're getting into Eli Manning time. We're getting closer to the playoffs where he really hones what he does uh, and has been a fairly good playoff quarterback having won two Super Bowls. He does well towards the latter half of the season um, and the uh, the Detroit uh, Lions have historically done horrible the latter half of the season. And so based on those trends, um, I really like Manning to be a little bit better. Um, once again, 100% healthy, so I'm going to go with the healthy quarterback. Um, but once again, I don't see this to be very high scoring. I, I don't think either team scores more than 17 points personally. Yeah, it could definitely be on the low-scoring side of things. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. You just have to go with that, you know, the safe play, you know, at this point. I mean, if you're going to take your risk, take it somewhere else in your, in your yeah. roster, but not at quarterback. Yeah, especially because it's going to be in the cold in New York, outside. That's going to lead more to the running game, and neither one of these teams have a running game. So uh, that's why I'm leaning more towards a low-scoring game. Yeah. So we're going to move on to some starts and sits or kind of a uh, who should I start over this person kind of thing. Uh, our first question is uh, individual asks, do I start Kyle Rudolph against the Colts or Jordan Reed against the Panthers? Who do you got? Uh, I'm, going with, uh, I'm going with Jordan Reed uh, at this point just based on uh, what we've seen so far this season. I think Kyle Rudolph has obviously had a, a great season for – uh, for Minnesota, uh, but ultimately here at this point, I, I like Reed. I like Washington's offense overall, um, and I think there's just more potential. Yeah, I like Jordan Reed too. He's just such a huge target. He did have a bad week this last week, um, but the Panthers have been kind of a, a sieve of a defense 
uh, a shell of what they've been in the past. Um, and I still just don't trust Sam Bradford, even though Kyle Rudolph is one of his number one targets. Uh, you can't, if Jordan Reed's healthy, you got to play him. Um, and so this next one is, do you start Tom Brady against Denver or Russell Wilson against the Rams? Now, Russell Wilson had his worst game of his career last week in Green Bay, but a lot of those interceptions in looking at the tape Bouncing on his receiver's hands or his receiver's giving up on the play. Uh, he also missed two deep balls early to, uh, to Baldwin and to uh, and Jimmy Graham. But do you like Wilson or do you like Brady this week? I mean, you're really betting on a, a big bounce back for Wilson this week. I mean, you almost have to play on the fact that he's looking for uh, a saving face game, right? He needs a big saving face game to make up for not just last week, but his season's been, you know, dreadful. Yeah. I mean, especially for, you know, where he was drafted, you know, overall. I mean, you're talking about 13 touchdowns and, and 10 interceptions. I mean, those numbers are lousy. Tom Brady missed the first four games of the year. He's got 22 touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, yeah, he's at home. Yeah, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, maybe they want to show that they have some heart and go out and do something this week. I mean, you know – does does that maybe impact Wilson? I don't really know. I think you just have to. I I go with Tom Brady at this point. Yeah, even though I'm a Seahawks fan, you got to go with Tom Brady. Uh, the Rams have won the last three meetings between the Seahawks uh, and uh, and the Rams. Even with the Rams' struggles, they have done a really good job against matching up against Russell Wilson. Uh, I just don't think the 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 running game has been there consistently enough this year, which has made. Uh, kind of fed into the uh, the common thought that Russell Wilson um, needs a solid running back in order to be a productive quarterback. Um, and so Tom Brady's going to be your guy. He has had a monstrous year. Obviously, he's still up for the MVP, and he missed four games. And so his production's still there. you got to go with Tom Brady, even though he's going up against the best passing defense in the NFL. you got to trust Tom. Uh, and so – this next one's coming up is who would you start? Uh, and they're going to list three players here. Kenneth Dixon against the Eagles, Farrell against the Raiders, or Gabriel against the 49ers. This is a uh, standard league, and this is for the flex position. Mm. You know, I like what we were talking about earlier and the point that you made, uh, you know, as far as Gabriel, the potential – uh, for Atlanta to be up big uh, for Julio Jones or, or Sanu to not see as much playing time uh, as a result of that. So I think Gabriel in a flex position against San Francisco would be the best matchup of the three. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, yeah, he had a great game, but he hasn't had two back-to-back -back games where he's been the clear starter. Uh, I still think Terrence West still has the outside shot of maybe getting – uh, more production with uh, against the Eagles. Farrow, you don't really know what you're going to get. The Raiders have played much better defense over the last couple of games and are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Uh, and Farrow can't pass block, so I don't really see them having a lot of options with Farrow in the passing game and the running game. He, he's, he's serviceable, but he's obviously Melvin Gordon. And Taylor Gabriel is just too dynamic against a horrible team in the 49ers. So, Taylor Gabriel's my bet. And so next one is who do you like in the flex 
position of a PPR standard or sorry, one point PPR. So kind of a standard PPR league, no bonus points. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, or Sammy Watkins. Uh, who do you got, Greg? Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about Thomas earlier uh, and, and what he could be looking at this week. I think I would probably lean towards uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, going against New York. is you know, Miami just does not have, obviously, a ton of, a ton of options offensively. New York's no great team. This is usually, uh, historically, between these two teams, a really good game and one where you tend to see, you know, some points scored regardless of who's played, uh, you know, on these rosters. So I think I, I would lean towards Landry this week. Okay. Uh, I Moore is his quarterback this week. Had it been Tannehill, I would have gone Landry. Um, Michael Thomas is going up against – he'll probably be matched up against uh, uh, Peterson from Arizona because he's the big body, and they'll probably line up uh, Brandon Cooks in the slots. I like Sammy Watkins, even though it's a cold game um, and they'll probably do a lot of running. He's still a big target for Tyrod Taylor to throw to. Um, indications are right now that it's going to be a clear game. The snow is going to happen. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then it's going to clear up um, on Sunday. So I like Sammy Watkins this week um, in his matchup. Um, sticking kind of with the Bills here, uh, Tyrod Taylor against Cleveland at home or Big Ben versus Cincinnati. Who do you got, Greg? Uh, Big Ben has really been um, a major irritation of mine, uh, you know, this season. I, I thought he would have done – much better than he has. Uh, I, so I think he's been you know, a real tale of inconsistency. Not that this is necessarily anything new for Ben Roethlisberger, but you know, at some point you would think that you know maybe that would uh, maybe that would change. But I think for this week, um, you know, division game, you know, Cincinnati being you know what they are, I prob what he has to play for. I probably lean towards. I probably lean towards Roethlisberger. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go against you. I, I think Tyra Taylor is going to have a better game against Cleveland. Um, there's going to be snow in Cleveland, so that leads to the running game, uh, even though it's going to clear up um, – or sorry, uh, against – they're going to be in uh, Buffalo. So uh, it's going to clear – it's going to be clear. The passing game is going to be there. They're Cleveland. They don't re really protect well against the run. Uh, Big Ben, rather, is the one that's going to be uh, in Ohio playing in the snow. Um, it's going to be really, really cold. And with Lev Bell going off last week, I see them putting – or I see Lev Bell putting the team on his back again and them riding Lev Bell to another win against a, a Cincinnati defense. Um, I like Lev Bell to really be the big one here, so I'm going to default to Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Uh, the, the last one we have here is Robert Kelly versus Carolina in the Monday night game or Bilal Powell – versus Miami. Uh, who do you like in, in their respective matchups, Greg? I, I've liked Kelly for the last, you know, several weeks, and I think you got to like him again here. Uh, we, you pointed out earlier, Carolina is, is a bit of a sieve, uh, you know, as a defense. Uh, they are at, you know, at home. Washington is at home, so I think that does certainly play a factor here. I overall like Washington uh, in this game, so I would, I would go with Kelly. Uh, I, I agree. Um, 
Bual Powell, like we said in the news and notes sections, that uh, Matt Forte still might play, and the Jets might be dumb and play him. And so right now, Bual Powell isn't even clearly the number one starter. So if I were to say right now, definitely without a shadow of a doubt, Robert Kelly, uh, because I like the matchup. Uh, Bual Powell is going to be playing uh, against Miami, who's been a better run defense. So um, if Bual Powell is clearly the starter – it gets a little bit closer, but still I like Robert Kelly to be the starter. Uh, and so are there any other uh, major points or rants that you want to have to, to kind of wrap us up here, Greg? I, I don't know that there's any specific rants. You know, uh, unfortunately, there's there's not any Jay Cutler news to talk about anymore. Um, I think Matt Barkley should be able to do his part in helping Chicago lose the rest of the games that they have here to at least get the chance to blow a draft choice high in the draft next season. Um, and not tack on any meaningless wins here. But outside of that, no, no, no rants for me. Uh, as, as a as a Chicago fan, uh, we'll we'll get into the offseason. We'll get into kind of some draft talk in the NFL. Who do you? What is kind of the biggest area of need for that team? Do do they need just to start over at quarterback, or I mean, I I'm a big college football fan. I don't really see a a quarterback right now that can come in as a number one pick as a number one need and fill in and do well. Uh, so do they go at a line position? Do they go on defense? Who, who, what's kind of the biggest area of need kind of to wrap up the show? So you bring up a great point in that there isn't a quarterback in this draft that appears to fit that need. And that's why I'm scared to death that the Bears are going to try to draft a quarterback. Um, and make another another mistake in that area. My expectation is in the offseason, Chicago will somehow end up getting Tony Romo. I mean, Romo will begin the season at least until he has his back snapped again as starter. Cutler's gone. Uh, you know, you have Barkley sitting there as, as your backup. Uh, I do think they will try to draft a quarterback. I just pray to God they don't try to go too high and go after Lamar Jackson or whatever. Who That guy's not going to last in the NFL any longer than RG3 has. Uh, if you look at them, the only thing that they really have on offense is a couple of line pieces and Jordan Howard, who's an absolute stud. But they have no nothing at wide receiver, nothing. Alshon Jeffrey is a number two at best. At yeah. best, the number two. And uh, Kevin McNo legs is is not even an NFL receiver. That guy has something that is clearly wrong with his leg. I predict that he will never have any meaningful NFL career whatsoever next year might be his final chance to even even give it a go so they need to rebuild the wide receiver position they have nothing there the only strength they have is the the in incremental uh improvement they made in the last two seasons on defense so the value play for them would be to continue to try to build that defense make that truly dominant try to find an answer at quarterback, get Romo, get another wide receiver, I think is, is the play that you go with in the offseason. Uh, you don't think that Matt Barkley has kind of proven himself to kind of be the potential quarterback of the future, even if they do get Romo to kind of serve in for a year or two? I think he's, again, and you bring up a great point, could Matt Barkley be the quarterback of the future of the Bears? Absolutely, that is a total thing that the Bears would do. That is what scares me. <laughs> not an NFL quarterback. He is not a, he does not have the arm. He is no better no worse than Jay Cutler. Um, he is a solid no he's not even a solid backup. He's a serviceable backup. That's what he is. 
And I think that's why, you know, he's, he's lasted as long as he has in this league, but he cannot play. He simply cannot play. He is not the guy of the future. I don't even think they should bother with Romo, but I think that that is ultimately where he could end up playing. Okay. Well, that kind of wraps up the show today. Once again, we want to thank you guys for stopping by. We wish you the best of luck in your playoff matchups in week 15 of the NFL. Uh, This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Box DFS Firelines and BoxDFS.com. I've been your host, Justin. Uh, Special guest, Greg, has been with us. Thank you for stopping by and have a good week, guys. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.